You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Here we are, baby. It is week 17. The Dolphins have two games left, and they control their playoff destiny. You couldn't ask for anything better. Well, you could. You could ask for the Dolphins to have the number one seed locked up already. I guess you could ask for that. Well, you don't even have to go that far. You could ask for the Dolphins to have beaten the Jaguars and the Falcons, and they'd be playing to clinch a playoff spot. I mean, that would be great. That would be great. So you could ask for more, but hey, every, every football fan wants to have their team playing meaningful football games in December, or as the case is now going to be January. So... I, I mean, you can't complain about that. We're excited. Here we are. Now, Brain, the Miami Dolphins defeated the New Orleans Saints 20-3 to on Monday night. A pretty dominant, a pretty comfortable performance at the end of the day. Granted, the Saints were a team that was decimated by COVID-19 and were missing a lot of key players. Uh, we're starting a rookie quarterback in his very first game, Ian Book. But the Miami Dolphins did what they needed to do. They took care of business and they got a big win on Monday night against the Saints. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about that game tonight. I want to talk uh, instead about looking forward to this game against the Titans and you know what, what it's going to take for the Dolphins to get into the playoffs. I mean, we kind of know what that is already, but there's some other scenarios out there as well that maybe we can get into a little bit. Um, but we also got to talk about Zach Thomas because number 54 might finally be going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So we're going to talk about all of that today on the same old Dolphin Show. But before we go any further, a quick reminder to you, if you have not done so already, to make sure that you are following both of us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And we also invite you to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcasts. It helps us out a great deal. And of course, subscribe to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. It's a lot of great things going on over there. Every episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show goes live on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So you want to subscribe. You want to like this video. You want to turn on the notifications bell so you're notified every time we go live. But also anytime all the other shows from the Dolphins Talk Podcast Network go live, including like what we did on Monday night, which was our first ever Dolphins Talk watch party, where Mike Oliva and I were live on the internet doing a watch along, reacting to the game in real time. We had a lot of people joining us from all over the world on that broadcast, and it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. You were there in the comments. Um, it was a really good time. We're going to be doing a few more of those uh, as 
you know, whether it's this season as the Dolphins play some maybe primetime games or maybe playoff games, who knows? But we're going to be doing more of that, if not this season, definitely next season. So we're looking forward to that as well. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. And of course, every episode of the same old Dolphin Show is sponsored by Manscaped. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Dolphins Talk so you can get a 20% discount and free shipping on the best products in the world that are meant exclusively for your below the waist area. You know what I'm talking about there. So, Brand, before we go uh, get into the Tennessee Titans and all of that stuff, let's talk about Monday night's game as the Dolphins defeated the Saints 20 to 3. How did you feel coming out of that? I mean, look, we took care of business, but at the end of the day, it's hard to get overly excited when you look at the fact that they played a team that was extremely decimated by injuries. And when you say they're starting a rookie quarterback making his first start, you're really not even doing that story justice because it's not just a rookie quarterback. It's not like they were starting, you know, a first, second, third, fourth round pick. They were starting their fourth string quarterback in Ian Book who was completely overmatched, throws a pick six in his first throw, or maybe it was his second. I think it was his first pass of the game. Uh, and it didn't get much better for him. Uh, it, the game was very easy for the Miami Dolphins defense, and all they had to do on the offensive side of the ball was really just not screw it up. And they tried at times, but they did enough uh, on the offensive side of the ball because the defense just had it under wraps because at the end of the day, Ian Book was not going to beat them. So look, at the end of the day, all you, all the Dolphins can control is how they play. They can't control who's on the other side of the field. So if the Saints are on the other side of the field and it's Ian Book, then look, you put forth your, your best game uh, to beat Ian Book and the Dolphins did that. They took care of business, and now we're in this spot uh, where I think now, even though I'm cautiously optimistic, I'm, well, I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic. I would say mostly pessimistic, but the, the, the fact is we can talk about playoffs now. Uh, it, the, the Dolphins are in the seventh seed right now, so yes. all they have to do is win their remaining two games. They aren't they're going to be under, they're underdogs. Are, are they underdogs going into this? I think this they were three and a half point yeah. underdogs. They're, they're underdogs game. in this one. They're going to be underdogs next week against New England. So I'm not sure it's an uphill that. battle, but they're not like overwhelming underdogs. These are winnable, winnable football games. And at the end of the day, if they manage to beat Tennessee and New England, they will have won nine games in a row. They will have beaten a couple of really good teams to get into the playoffs and it will be a, they will be a legitimate playoff team, not a fluky playoff team, a legitimate playoff team. So I'm a little bit excited. This is a big game. This is a, a huge game. That said, it feels like this is where they get you. <laughs> this is what happened? This was this is what they this do. Was the, this was the, the last week was the setup game, the Monday night game on national TV. You win by seventeen. Everybody's loving us. We're the darlings of the NFL. And now you go onto the road. You might be in bad weather. You're playing your former franchise quarterback. It just feels like. This feels like where they stick the knife in. So I'm just, maybe I'm just jaded. I'm certainly jaded. Um, certainly, certainly uh, you are jaded. But I mean, as, as Dolphin fans, honestly, we all should be. 
If you're not jaded, look, hats off to you. I, I admire your optimism. I admire your positivity. I wish that I could be there. Then again, I, I'm not going to envy you envy you if the Dolphins lose this football game because I'm not going to set myself up for that heartache like I've done so many times. Now, if they win this game, I will set myself up for the heartache that will surely follow the following week. But <laughs> I'm not there yet. Hey, always intellectualizing everything. I run the brain. So, uh, yeah, yeah. listen, the Dolphins have, have done it. They've gotten to this point. They've won their seven straight. And if they can win the next two, they're in the playoffs. And that's it. But, you know, and that's that's the thing. That's what everybody's hoping for, right? That's the easy thing to do. Go Well, easy. But it's the thing that it's the easiest way for the Dolphins to get to the playoffs. They win these last two games. Boom, they're in. And it's done. And whatever happens everywhere else in the NFL, none of it matters. However, there are a couple of scenarios out there. There is one scenario out there that if the Dolphins were to win one of these final two games and lose one of these final two games, they actually could still get into the playoffs at nine and eight. It's a very narrow possibility, but it is a possibility that exists. So I'm going to read it to you now. Here's the scenario. This week, the Dolphins need Denver to defeat the Chargers. Chargers still dealing with some COVID issues. Chargers somehow lost in Houston last week. So not impossible. Dolphins also need Cleveland to beat the Steelers in what is probably Ben Roethlisberger's final game at Heinz Field on Monday night. So if Denver beats the Chargers and the Browns beat the Steelers, that's what we need to have happen in week 17. And then in week 18, the Dolphins need the Bengals to beat the Browns, Pittsburgh to beat the Ravens, and the Chargers to beat the Raiders. And if all of those games go the right way and the Dolphins should somehow lose one of these final two games, they can still make the playoffs. Again, it's about if a you're a Dolphin, chance. I mean, so it's not, there's not a great chance. I mean, when you're anytime you're in a situation where you need multiple results to go the right way, it's always tricky in the NFL. But here's the thing the Dolphins control their own destiny. So go out and beat the Titans, go out and beat the Patriots, and boom, we're in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. So a little bit easier said than done, of course, but there it is. That's the scenario as the Dolphins head to Tennessee, to Nashville, to take on their good buddy, their old friend, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan, do you remember the last game that Ryan Tannehill won for the Miami Dolphins? Was it the Miami Miracle? It was, in fact, the Miami Miracle. And do you remember that when the Dolphins won that game, their record went to seven and six? I do, and I remember. And do you remember very, that if they had won their final three games of the season, they they would have made the playoffs? I do, and I remember being the one person in Dolphins fandom that was pissed off that they won that game <laughs> because it put them right back in that conversation. You because were so I knew upset. that they weren't going to make the playoffs. I knew that they were setting us up for for disappointment, and the way that they won that game was the was the epitome of of a fluke. Uh, so much so that we called it a miracle and it, yeah, it was a cool story and it was fun, but at the end of the day, we knew that that team wasn't a playoff team. And that's kind of where it's sort of where we're at right now. Um, yeah, see, I'm not so sure with this team anymore, but I, 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 yeah, I'll I'll, I'll say that it's different because this team has now won six games in a row, seven or seven games in a row now. 
So, like, when you win seven games in a row, at, at some point, you got to look. I mean, look, no team that wins seven games in a row is a bad football team. Right. Uh, so, no matter who you, who you beat. Yeah. At the end of the day, winning seven games in a row is not a common feat. I believe there was a stat of – I don't think there's ever been a team that has – I don't think there's ever been a team that's won seven games in a row and not made the playoffs. Oh, um, I don't know about that. The Dolphins are the first team that has lost seven games in a row and also won seven games in a row in the same season. The Dolphins have not lost a game since Halloween. Yeah, and there's a that's... bunch of teams that have won seven games in a row recently, and those teams that have done it, They've been really, really good football teams. They've been Super Bowl champions, conference champions. It is not a small feat, no matter who you're playing, to win seven games in a row. So it feels more legitimate than that Miami Miracle team did uh, when they won that game. That said, uh, they, they haven't beaten the best competition. And these next two games are a huge test to really find out if the Dolphins are for real. Uh, the good news is, is they put themselves in a position to have that test, to take that test. And uh, they're playing a, a Tennessee team that is not playing their best football right now. No, no, um, they're not. And, and frankly, if they get past Tennessee, well, whether they do or not, uh, they're, they're still going to be alive with some hope potentially of making the playoffs. The, the Patriots are not exactly playing their best football right now either after, after getting kind of dominated in their game last week against the Bills. So it's it's there in front of them. It's not out of reach. I'm at the point now, and I think as Dolphin fans, even the most pessimistic, myself included, we can now really start to be a little bit of a little bit excited even if you haven't bought in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here um because you know, it, we get there's the Dolphins have to beat the Titans, and that is not an easy thing to do. It's going to be a very tough ask for the Dolphins to do that. But in the event that they do that, there is a decent shot that the Dolphins could end up in one of the three nationally televised slots in week 18. In week 18, there is a Saturday doubleheader on ESPN, and then there is the Sunday night game on NBC. Three nationally televised games in week 18, and the Dolphins find themselves in pole position to get there because they may very well be facing the Patriots in week 18 in, in a game where the winner makes the playoffs and the loser goes home. And that would be, you know, some pretty high stakes. Of course, there's also a possibility the Dolphins could find themselves playing a Patriots team in week 18 that has already clinched a playoff spot. Um, in fact, uh, if, if the Patriots beat the Jaguars at home this week, which they should be able to do without, you know, too much trouble and the, uh, Raiders lose to the Colts with TBD at quarterback, uh, if that happens, 
the, the Patriots could have already clinched a playoff spot by the time the Dolphins faced them in week 18, which sort of changes it on the surface. To answer Alex's question, yes, there is a way we can go one and one and get in, as he's asked us, which I just talked about um, a moment ago. There are five results that the Dolphins need to go their way. Again, to recap them, they need Denver to beat the Chargers this week, and they need Cleveland to be- beat the Steelers this week. And then in week 18, they need Cincinnati to beat the, the, the Browns, Pittsburgh to beat Baltimore and the Chargers to beat Vegas. And if those five results go the right way, the Dolphins can get in going one and one over the course of their final two games, regardless of which game they win or which game they lose. So if they should lose to the Titans, then they need to beat New England. If they lose, if they beat the Titans and happen to lose New England, they can still get in if all of those results have gone the right way. You know, obviously, by the time that week 18 game rolls around, we're going to have a much clearer idea of what needs to happen for the Dolphins to make the playoffs. Again, the easiest thing to do is just go win those two games. So, uh, you know, that that's the situation. So there's a good chance that the Dolphins may end up taking on the Patriots in a nationally televised game in week 18, but they need the Patriots probably to not have clinched, um, which if the Raiders end up going up against Sam Ellinger and the Indianapolis Colts, the Raiders may in fact win that game, which means that the Patriots won't have clinched, which means that uh, it could be <laughs> a, a win and end situation and a loser leaves town match in week 18. Uh, but listen, a lot to go before we get there, including the Dolphins needing to take on the Tennessee Titans and win in Nashville. That's the first key. But before we talk about that, news broke on Thursday night that for the third consecutive year, number 54, Zach Thomas, was named as a finalist, a modern era player finalist for the 2022 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Typically speaking, the Pro Football Hall of Fame puts five players in every year. That's not a hard and fast rule, but it's typically the expectation. And, uh, you know, it's different than Major League Baseball where maybe nobody will get in. You're almost certain to have four or five players get in. And these are the finalists. Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Bryant Young. On its face, I, I think the, the, the one guy that I, the one name that pops off of that page and says to me, yes, surefire Hall of Famer ahead of Zach Thomas is Richard Seymour. But I think everybody, I mean, otherwise, I think Zach Thomas is got to get in. This has got to be the year, right, Brian? Yeah, and I'm not even necessarily sold that Richard Seymour gets in over Zach Thomas. I, I like Richard Seymour was a really good player for some really good Patriots defenses, but Zach Thomas was one of the top three or four players at his position for a decade. Um, and you know, between him and Jason Taylor, uh, the two players that I think were most responsible for a stretch of Dolphins defenses that were very good. Now, I think that those defenses had some disappointing finishes to some seasons uh, and were exposed a little bit, but I think the the main reason why those teams never won anything of any significance was because, you know, they had Jay Fiedler as their starting quarterback. Right, exactly. Um, or, or a exactly. very old, you know, Dan Marino as their starting quarterback. Uh, so – uh, Zach Thomas is probably 
deserved to get in the past couple of years, but has run into, you know, like last year where, you know, you're, you're going up against guys like Calvin Johnson and Tony Baselli and Peyton Manning. Uh, it's a lot more difficult to get in when, when, you, when you've got guys like that that are in the way. With guys like that out of the and Charles Woodson, now you've got guys like that out of the way. Like I don't look at anybody on this list and say, "Yeah, they're they're in," and, and Thomas isn't. I think he's right in line with guys like Richard Seymour and Rondé Barber uh, and Reggie. We- I mean, I think he's better than than most of those guys. I think at this point, uh, Zach Thomas deserves to be in. I mean, to me, the whole argument is: Look, if Brian Urlacher is in, Zach Thomas should be in. Zach Thomas was a better player for a longer for for more years than Brian Urlacher was in. And the only, the only reason Brian Urlacher is in the hall of fame and Zach Thomas isn't is because Brian Urlacher and the bears uh, got through a really weak NFC one season, one fluky year and got themselves to a super bowl. And outside of that, I mean, Zach Thomas did more winning in the NFL than Brian Urlacher did. But it, there's just something about the way the, the NFL votes on these Hall of Famers where it's not like uh, in in other sports where it comes down to, well, particularly in baseball, where they just look at the numbers. They In the NFL, they look at wins and they look at moments. And so, you know, Brian Urlacher was the leader of a team that made it to a Super Bowl. And so somehow that carries more weight than the fact that Zach Thomas was a better player than him for a decade. So if Urlacher's in, Zach Thomas should be in. And I think this is the year that he does it. That, that, I, I sure hope you're right. I really and think he is it's my favorite enough. Dolphin player of all time, by the way. That's, that's right. You, you'd love yourself some Zach Thomas. You'd love number 54. So we'll see. Maybe this is the year. I'm hoping it's the year. And, uh, you know, if it turns out that it is, then fantastic. We're going to find out. Hopefully the Dolphins are making a deep playoff run as well. And it'll just be a really great winner for everybody in the Miami Dolphins. But uh, let's shift our focus now to this game. Brain, the Dolphins and the Titans, our good friend, our old, our old buddy, Ryan Tannehill. Dolphins going to go take on the Titans. Now, Tennessee Titans are a team and that Ryan Tannehill had a lot of success with. And, and what a lot of people said was that, well, Tannehill was having all this success with the Titans because they also had Derrick Henry, who's like the best running back in the league, right? He's this ferocious monster freak of an athlete and the, the, the Titans giving him the ball and he's routinely putting 200 yards up each game on the ground. It's very easy for Tannehill to be an effective quarterback when he's not the one that's being expected to carry the team on his shoulders, it's really Henry that has done that. And Tannehill put up some very impressive numbers. But then earlier this season, Derrick Henry hurts his foot and is out for the season. Although they said out for the regular season, might come back at the end of the regular season, possibly the playoffs. As of now, on Thursday, December 30th, Derrick Henry has not been designated to return from IR. So it sounds like he's not going to be playing in this game on Sunday. So it's going to be Deontay Foreman uh, for the Titans. And Ryan Tannehill is going to have to uh, make do without uh, without Derrick Henry. Going to continue. He Now, he did get a boost last week with the return of A.J. Brown. 
But then this week, as of now on Thursday, he is going to, he is set to be without Julio Jones and Nick Westbrook Aquina, the number two and three receivers who are both out on the COVID list. They're also without defensive lineman Danico Autry, linebacker Jayon Brown, outside linebacker Bud Dupree, tackle Kendall Lamb, and cornerback Buster Screen. So the Titans a little bit shorthanded due to COVID stuff. Now, of course, with all of the the new rules that have been put in place uh, by the NFL in terms of how people can get out of COVID protocols. It seems like it's a possibility that some of those guys may be back in time for the game on Sunday. If they are um, asymptomatic or their, their symptoms resolve, they may be eligible to come off uh, of the, of the COVID list in time for the game on Sunday. But at any rate, it seems safe to say that the Tennessee Titans are going to be shorthanded, at least in terms of, what they were when they were one of the most potent offenses in the National Football League earlier this season prior to Derrick Henry getting hurt. So we also know that the Titans have one of the worst lines, offensive lines in the National League, uh, in the National Football League. In fact, when it comes to pass protection, Football Outsiders ranks the Tennessee Titans offensive line as the 31st worst. So, I mean, uh, you know, j- number 31 of 32 offensive lines. So <laughs> the Chicago bears. Oh, okay. When it comes to pass protection, the dolphins are ranked all the way up at 20, but I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Tua is very good at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So, um, so what you're saying is, is that Ryan Tannehill is not. No. And that's one of the, that was one of the problems with Ryan Tannehill the whole time he was a dolphin. Everybody could tell you, this is a guy with zero pocket awareness. And he holds on to the ball too long. So if the Miami Dolphins are bringing tons of pressure, zero blitzes, and coming all of them and counting on, and if they're without, and if the Titans are without Julio Jones and Nick Westbrook Aquina and AJ Brown is the only one back there. If it's Anthony, if it's AJ Brown and, and Anthony Ferkser that, that Ryan Tannehill has to throw the ball to, and the Dolphins are bringing zero blitz packages on him, I think we're going to see a lot of Ryan Tannehill lying on the ground, picking, pulling chunks of turf out of his helmet like he so often did for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and 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 like this is – look, this is a Titans offense that is really struggling. They're averaging less than 16 points a game over their last five. Uh, but they've managed to win two of their last three games, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, the, the opponents that they've faced. Yes, do the Titans have a good defense? Sure, they have a good defense, but it helps – when you're playing uh, the San Francisco 49ers with a beat-up Jimmy Garoppolo, you're playing the Steelers with just a well-over-the-hill Ben Roethlisberger, and you're playing the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are an absolute mess. So by the same time, you know, at the same way that you're, you're saying that the, the Miami Dolphins defense has been going up against bad offenses to go on this run, well, hey, the Titans have been going up against bad offenses too, and they managed to lose a game in that. They managed to lose to a Steelers team that is is pretty trash right now. I, I mean, that's a garbage-ass Steelers team that they lost to just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so th- this Tennessee team is not playing good football. This is a very winnable game. And this is the kind of team where, you know, what the Tennessee Titans have on offense is essentially A.J. Brown and nothing else. 
Uh, so look, it, it should be pretty simple. The Dolphins have the weapons or have the assets in the secondary, whether it's X, Byron Jones, whether they want to shade and double cover, uh, you know, AJ Brown. They can do that because Tennessee really doesn't have the weapons to really make them pay for it. And all they have to do is stop the run with Deontay Foreman. The Dolphins should be able to keep the Titans under 20 points pretty easily if they don't make the big mistake on the offensive side of the football or on special teams to give Tennessee a short field or to gift wrap them, you know, six points or three points. If the Dolphins offense does not lose them this football game, you know, does not hand Tennessee points, it's, it's going to be pretty simple. It's going to be a race to, to 20 points, and they might not even need to get to 20 points to get there. The question is, can the Dolphins get to 20 points against Tennessee's defense with their own off with their own offensive struggles because Tennessee is really good at stopping the run. The Dolphins are not good at running the football and we are potentially looking at a really bad weather game with where it's going to be cold, there could be snow flurries, it could be windy and that doesn't exactly play into the strengths of your offense when your quarterback's arm is in question. And that's really where the question comes to me is can this offense succeed in bad weather against a good defense with you know with Tua's arm? Can they succeed just running 5-6 yard hitches? Can they, can Tua hit those 15 to 20 yard throws that are tight window throws? Or do those tight windows close because the ball hangs up a little bit because he's throwing into the wind? And does that lead to a couple of turnovers that end up being the difference in the game? If there's a formula for the Dolphins losing the game, that is the formula. That's the question. And that's, that's what makes this game intriguing because I think the Dolphins' defense matches up really well against the Titans. Ryan Tannehill's been sacked four times in the last three games, four times each in the last three games. The Dolphins had six sacks against Zach Wilson. They sacked Ian Book eight times last week. They're going to bring the pressure against a bad Titans offensive line. Tannehill is terrible in the pocket as far as presence and, and, and avoiding those sacks, as we all know from his time here in Miami. So the, the question is, though, Tannehill has the arm to, to make throws in that, that bad weather. The question is, does Tua have the arm to make those throws in that bad weather? And if, if he doesn't, can he at least mitigate that by, being, by not making the mistake? Uh, and that's that I think is what it's going to come down to, because I don't think that the Dolphins can afford to play this game the way they did against the Saints, where they were so risk averse that they were basically willing to, you know, they would have been willing to win that game six to three. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to need to put up at least 17 in this game. Um, we'll see. I think it's a very winnable game. The formula is simple. Defense, special teams don't make the big mistake play opportunistic, play smart, uh, smart football, and you can win this football. I mean, that's kind of the formula for this Dolphins team. Basically the same as it was last year is you win the game with strong defense and special teams and the offense, as long as the offense plays within itself and does, you know, plays efficiently, you win the game. Here's a stat for you, Brain. Do you know how many, how many times the Miami Dolphins have sacked an opposing quarterback this season? No. 45. 
Okay. There are no teams in the NFL that have sacked more opposing quarterbacks than the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, and the Dolphins lead the also, NFL. And the Dolphins also have hit quarterbacks more than any yes. other team in the NFL. So Dolphins lead the NFL in QB sacks. Do you know how many sacks the Tennessee Titans have allowed this season? Lay it on me. 45. The Tennessee Titans have allowed 40 offensive line has allowed 45 quarterback sacks. There were only three teams in the NFL that have allowed more quarterback sacks than the Tennessee Titans. They're the Bengals at 47 and then the Ravens and bears at 49. So you've got one of the worst offensive offenses in the league when it comes to preventing when it comes to keeping their quarterback upright in the Tennessee Titans and the best pass rushing defense in the National Football League, in the Miami Dolphins. Uh, guess what? Ryan Tannehill is going to spend a lot of time on his back. And you can read into that however you want on Sunday. I don't yeah, I believe you're it. calling him a power bottom. I, I am not. I'm not. I'm not uh, making that reference. So Tannehill's going to have a rough day on Sunday is what I'm trying to say. And uh, the Dolphins are going to do a real, real nice job up against the Titans uh, offensive line. And really, it's going to come down to, you know, listen, Ryan Tannehill had A.J. Brown open quite a bit. And A.J. Brown had this huge game in his comeback game. But A.J. Brown was paired up with a defensive back who really shouldn't have been on an NFL field. He was only on it because the, the 49ers secondary is a disaster right now. And so they found a matchup that, you know, that they could exploit last week on Thursday night. Now you've got the Titans on a week and a half worth of rest. The Dolphins on a short week, having played Monday, does that play into it? I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of times people think it, it means a lot. I, I, I kind of think it's a little bit overrated in the national football league. Um, but at the end of the day, the Dolphins, I think are going to match up pretty well against the Titans defense, really. Again, the question is whether or not the Dolphins are going to be able to score points. And as long as they can move the ball efficiently and play within themselves on offense, I think they're going to be able to get the job done. So we have now reached our hashtag one hot take segment. But before we read those hot takes, life is back on sports betters and bet us has your NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to betus.com or call 1-800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BET-US. BetUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code DolphinsTalk. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. It is time for our hashtag one hot take segment. Before we get to our one hot take, we got a lot of great ones from Twitter. So here we go. Brian, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. From uh, at Dolphins Talk, Michael Leva, he says, Tua has two rushing touchdowns. Here's a good one from uh, at Stewart F. Baby 1. Jason Sanders will hit a walk-off field goal of 50-plus yards in the wind. I like it. I like it. Uh, Rob Hilbert says Dolphins will score 35 points. Oh, I love this one right here. How about this? From Zachary underscore Nick, Ryan Tannehill gets sacked seven times. I can see that. 
I, I love to hear it. Uh, here's uh, from Delvin at Delvin Jerome. He says four interceptions. Uh, I'm hoping that it means that means the Dolphins will intercept Ryan Tannehill four times. That's what I'm hoping. Maybe, maybe two apiece, three and one. I do. I wouldn't 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 care for that. Four Here's uh, from at Kelly X 84 fins win by at least 10 uh, in. How about this th- stat for their seven great game winning streak? Every single one of these wins has been by at least seven points, which is pretty amazing to think of. It's actually pretty impressive. Did I tell you the stat that uh, the Dolphins had uh, two previous in two previous seasons? The Dolphins had winning streaks of six games or six games or more where every victory was by seven or more points. Did I tell you that? No, which years were those? Uh, well, I don't remember the exact years, but both times they went to the Super Bowl. So we're fucking so, that trend. So we're now we're going to the Super Bowl is, is what that means. Uh, at Mr. Brightside 305 says, Waddle hits 100 receptions and 1,000 yards for the season and scores a touchdown. That's actually very doable. Very doable there. Um, well, that this take has disappeared. Uh, so I, I can't... Uh, read that one uh here's one uh from at the navarone gun he says unless we get a defensive or special team score or several turnovers that set us up for plum scoring opportunities i think we lose i mean i think that's maybe a fair assessment actually i don't maybe know not how even hot a, the take is yeah, it's not even a hot take <laughs> but but it is very realistic uh, here is a take from at danny drip marino to a torches that secondary and goes for over 400 yards that is a hot take. Uh, here's one from 2K. God boy, our Dolphins defense creates just as many points as our offense at 14. Ooh, a pair of defensive scores would be nice. Here's a great one from Second Sat Sports. Jason Sanders hits a field goal so hard that it goes through the net. It's a good one. It's a very good take. Oh, another very good take from at Bronx Fin Fam LFGM, which I believe stands for Let's Go Mets. Uh, Jesse Davis retires at halftime. Oh, we can only hope. Yeah, we from your fingers to God's ears, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, from at Sarver underscore Brian, Jalen Phillips, three sack game. Love it. How about it? Um, how about a stat real quick from our, our good friend, uh, Kevin Dern? Can I share this with you, Brain? Absolutely. Because I think it bodes well, um, and, it, and it sort of informs our uh, conversation about how the Dolphins should be able to shut down the Tennessee defense. Miami has given up only 100, yard, has given up 100 yards rushing three times since the Tampa Bay game. Each time they gave up exactly 102 yards. The Bills... And both games against the Jets. During that same span, Miami held Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Alvin Kamara to a combined 43 carries, 181 yards, and zero touchdowns, and eight receptions, 26 yards, zero touchdowns. Miami has a tendency to shut down big game backs. Of course, Tennessee doesn't have any of those, so... uh, (laughs) So I don't know how relevant it is, but, but an interesting stat. Nonetheless, we should be able to, the, the point of the stat is we should be able to contain the Titans running. game Theoretically. So now brain, give us your hashtag one hot take. My hashtag one, one Hataki is that Tua Tonga Vailoa 
will throw one touchdown pass and two interceptions. Oof. Oof. Man, I don't, I don't, uh, okay. So your hot take is that Tua is going to blow it here. I just think that, look, not only are you going up against a good defense, but the the prospects of bad weather, of wind in particular, mm. scares me. This is yeah. a guy who played his college ball in the South, uh, and and when he had to play in December, he was playing in domes, in controlled weather. He's played in Miami. We know that his arm is below average for NFL starting quarterbacks. And if if wind is an issue in this game and the Dolphins cannot rely on their running game, which I don't believe that they can, then Tua is going to need to at some point make some tight window throws that are more than, that are longer than about five yards. And I think that could be a recipe for disaster. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that uh, you know, he's eight. First off, I, I hope that the weather is better. Actually, I, you know what? The truth of the matter is we need to see it. <laughs> so I kind of hope that the weather is bad because if two is going to be the franchise quarterback at some point, he's going to need to win football games on yeah. the strength of his arm in bad weather. And this would seem like an opportunity where he can do it. The question is, can he do it? I'd like to know the answer to that coming into a really, really important offseason, not to get too much into the offseason, but the Dolphins are going to have decisions to make this offseason. And particularly at the quarterback position, this is a, when we said, you know, after the trade deadline, when we said this was like a seven-game test for, uh, for Tua Tungavailoa to prove that he can be the franchise quarterback, well, this is part of the test. We're getting to the nitty-gritty. Can you win big games in the winter in bad weather? Let's find out if he's got the arm to do it. Yeah, I mean, the last time Tua had a big, big game in bad weather with it, with the playoffs on the line, the Dolphins got mud-stomped. You know, and it and that, granted, that was a failure on all fronts by the Miami Dolphins in that game at Buffalo last year in Week 17. But I mean, the the, the point still remains. You know, it's a, it's a rough situation. So this is an opportunity for Tua to to kind of take control of the narrative as best he can. Anyway, I mean, there are certain certain proponents of the narr- of narratives one way or the other that I think the result of this game won't matter one way or the other, no matter what he does. But that is all that always seems to be the case with him. But I think this is a big opportunity for him to go out and really show that he can say, hey, this is a tough defense that we're up against. The conditions are really rough. Let's go out there. I'm going to go out there and lead this team to a big road victory. That would be huge. It would be absolutely huge um, for not just for Tua as a player, but, uh, but for the organization, because it is a very big game that the Dolphins have on Sunday. My one hot take. If you've been a longtime follower of the show, you know exactly what it is. Michael Pilardi throws a touchdown pass. Let's go. Michael Pilardi loves to party, and he's going to throw a touchdown pass in Music City to lead the Miami Dolphins. It's prediction time, baby. Michael Pilardi is going to throw a touchdown pass to lead the Dolphins on a touchdown drive, but I think the Dolphins are probably going to fall just short in this one, unfortunately. Ooh. I think I would love to say that I think the Dolphins are going to win this one, but I think they're going to fall just short. Uh, and there may or may not be some sort of double reverse hoodoo going on here, but I, I think the Dolphins are going to fall short in this one. And the, the winning streak comes to an end with a 
23 to 20 loss to the Titans. I'm going to say this. If the Dolphins score 20 points, I think they win. The thing is, I don't think they're going to score 20 points. Uh, I think this is a rough one uh, for them. I think the only way they do score 20 points, I'm going to kind of echo what our friend Patrick Mullen, you know, said in his one hot take, which is that unless the defense and special teams kind of sets them up, either gives them the points or sets them up with opportune scoring, you know, you know, setting them up inside the 20 with, with scoring position like that, uh, I think it's going to be difficult for Miami to get points and move the ball against Tennessee's defense. And, and the fact that it could be a bad weather game, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. I hope that I'm wrong. But this feel, it felt like watching that game last week and watching all the Dolphin fans get excited. It felt like the setup game. And what does it set you up for? It sets you up for heartbreak. I've got the Tennessee Titans winning this football game 17 to 13. Uh, But we'll see. And I hope that we're both wrong and that the Dolphins get the big win on Sunday. I really, really hope they do. Um, And that's the thing. And like, I, I, you know what? I don't want to get into it. I, I was going to get onto the whole discourse about, uh, you know, the people who told me that I'm not a real fan because I was down on the Dolphins when they were one and seven. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it with those people. I got no time for you. Listen, the Dolphins are here. They're eight and seven right now. I'm really pumped up. I'm really excited about it. Um, but as we've said many times on the show, they are the same old Dolphins until they're not the same old Dolphins. That's right. So, they want to show me that they're not the same old Dolphins. Let's go get a win in Tennessee and let's go get a win at home against Pittsburgh or against New England and let's go to the playoffs. Show me that you're not. Show me that you're not, Miami. Show me that you're something different. Show me that we're in a new chapter because here's the thing, right? And, and, I, don't, and I don't mean to say this in a negative way. I don't mean to be negative, okay? But here's the thing. The Dolphins started this season one and seven. And they've, now they've won seven games in a row. They're eight and seven, sitting a game above 500 with two games to go, right? And if they win them both, they go into the playoffs. If they, if they don't win both of these games and they finish the season at uh, nine and eight, it's a 17-game season. But you know what nine and eight is? Nine and eight is a very same old Dolphins record. <laughs> it's and eight and eight Dol- with one extra game. <laughs> right. It's, you know... And so, and the thing is, people will say, well, what about this big winning streak to end the season? Yeah, great, fantastic. But you started the season one and seven, and those games count. That's why we're in this position. Right. You realize we're here that. Like, right the, now. The, because that's the, Dolphins- the thing, is that if we had not lost to the Jaguars and Falcons, we would be 10 and five right now. And could probably make the playoffs without even winning one of these two games. But all we would have to do is win one. Right. That would that would that would be the and we're not asking for a lot. We're asking them to beat the Jaguars and the Falcons. The Jaguars on a neutral site and the Falcons at home. Yeah. When the Dolphins, what's all right? If the Dolphins, when the Dolphins miss the playoffs, it's not going to be because they didn't beat the Titans or because they didn't beat the Patriots. It's going to be because they didn't beat the Jaguars and the Falcons. And that's right. just that's just a fact. So, I yeah. So, it, you know, 
we, I don't want to have this conversation right now, but I also kind of do want to have this conversation because I don't want people to think that I'm upset if they, you know, and, and it's just a reaction to the Dolphins missing the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is, until this team can put it together over the course of a full season and really take a step to the next level, they're not there yet. Even if they make the playoffs, which we all want them to do, even if they should make the playoffs, that's not putting them at that next level yet. Because they made the playoffs in 2016 and got beat down by the Steelers, right? And we thought, oh, we're so close. We're almost there, right? Yes, we all said the Dolphins need to make the playoffs. That's the goal for, that's one of the big goals for this season. Two goals this season, make the playoffs and know definitively by the end of the season whether or not Tua Tagovailoa is the franchise quarterback. I don't think we're going to have a solid answer on the second one, at least from a fan perspective. I think the organization is... Quite frankly, I still think the organization is going to try to make a move for Deshaun Watson in the offseason. That's just my personal. Th- and that's not me wanting them to do that, because if you've listened to any this show for any stretch of time, you know, that's the last thing that I want them to do. Um, and it has nothing to do with football ability. But I think that's what's going to happen. The The other question is, can we make the playoffs? And that remains to, an open question as we have now two two games left of the season. And, you know. I think unless the Dolphins make the playoffs and then win a playoff game this year, I think we're still living in that same old Dolphins territory. We're trending in a good direction still, I think, overall. But, you know, the the fact of the matter is this team now has to take a huge step forward next year because a season like this next year is completely unacceptable given what this team is supposed to be doing at this point in its rebuild. But well, not to mention that next year we're going to have spent a whole bunch of money and they're going to go all in next year to try to win a title. So if, you, exactly. if you're if you're even coming into the last two weeks of the season just trying to make the playoffs, next year is already uh, a, a huge disappointment. But we'll talk about that. If if the Dol- we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. If the Dolphins miss the playoffs or, or whenever the season ends. That's right. We'll have that conversation later, but I just want to put it out on the radar that this team is very much still in same old Dolphins territory. Oh, a hundred percent. There's look short of the Dolphins actually winning a playoff game, which they haven't done. uh, Five reasons sports tweeted out. uh, It's old enough to drink. Their last last playoff victory is now old enough to drink because it happened 21 years ago. Uh, so un- until this Dolphins team at least wins a playoff game, we can't even entertain the idea that they're not the same old Dolphins. Right. Uh, I don't know that winning a playoff game necessarily says that you're not the same old Dolphins, but until they win one of them, <laughs> we we can't even begin to have that conversation because like somebody said, uh, you know, somebody says it every year. Somebody's like, when are you guys going to rename your show? And the answer is always the same when they right. prove that they're not the same old dolphins, which the odds are in our favor <laughs> that we're going to, that this is going to be our show name for, for quite some time. Right. But like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I, I would love for them to not be. They very may well not be, but right now they're still in that. They're still in that territory is all I'm saying is all I'm saying. But like, uh, um, you know, also, like I said today on Twitter, there are anonymous people on Twitter telling me takes really hot takes about Tua Tungabailoa, whether he's awful or really great, who are younger than the last Dolphins playoff win. So, well, here, you know, the thing with that is that when you have an equal number of takes about how great somebody is and how awful they are, 
the truth is, is they're right smack dab in between. Right. And that's, you know, kind of the, the, the Tannehill area. Yeah. Um, that's, but that's, that's said, troubling, for, Tua, for Tua to be in the Tannehill area in his second year, I think Tua, at the end of the day, will be a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill because of all of the things that he does better than Tannehill. Uh, his his aptitude for the game, his feel for the game, his accuracy, his yes. footwork, his presence. Yes. Tannehill has some physical traits that Tua will never have. Yes. Just namely a stronger arm. And that, that's honestly, size. that's about it. He's got it. size. He's a bigger guy too. Yeah, he's a bigger guy with a bigger arm. But outside of that, Tua does pretty much everything better than him. And so... Uh, so what you're I, saying is if you could combine Ryan Tannehill and Tua Tungavailoa into one person. Depending on which traits you get from each. Uh, well, if you get, if you get Tannehill's arm and size with all of Tua's intangibles, you got a great quarterback. You get Tua's accuracy as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. There you go. Then you got Justin Herbert. <laughs> I... Honestly, I'm not necessarily sold on her. I let, Herbert's a good quarterback. Neither he's, am I. That was a obviously, joke. obviously a very good quarterback. But I'm not one of these people that's you know, just, Justin Herbert's going to be a Hall of Famer or anything like that. I think Justin Herbert is a is a good quarterback. I think he has the potential of being in that Matthew Stafford range of being a a very good sort of that not quite elite. But very, but consistently good to very good. Yep. And honestly, I think Tua can be in that range too. I just think, as I've said here on this show many times, I think the margin for error is much smaller because Tua can be elite at everything, but because of his arm strength, he needs to be elite at everything for him right. to be that very good quarterback. Right. And he needs to have a much better system all around him, which is just going to be part of the deal. You're going to have to have a, bit, a a great team and system around Tua for the Dolphins to be able to be, for, for him to be able to do that. So, all right, there it is. There it is. That is the same old Dolphin show for the year 2021. That's it. We're done. That's it. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be, the next episode will be uh, Monday. It'll be 2022. We'll be back, and hopefully we'll be talking about the Dolphins needing to win just one more game, and they can lock up a playoff spot. You know, Somebody was very upset. I just got tweeted. Somebody was very upset that they were watching the show and that we both predicted the Dolphins would lose. You got to go back. Listen to the preamble to my prediction. Okay? Watch this. You watching? I'm going to move the microphone. At the, at the end of the day, what if, the if people we'll, that are listening to this have no idea that I just leaned into the camera and winked it, at the end of the day, what, what, what does it mean? If we're just expected to pick the dolphins to win every game, then what do you even want our predictions for? If you're going to be mad at our predictions, when, whenever we pick the dolphins to lose, then why are we even making predictions for? Right. Right. So listen, and listen, I'm sure if you listen to all the Dolphins podcasts, there, we won't be the last ones that say the Dolphins aren't going to win this game because I think there are some other places where they where that same thing is probably true as well. But like I said, I hope 
that they win. And I think that they can. I'm just not sure that they will. That's all. That's all. But uh, anyway, again, at Amplified to Rock, at Aaron the Brain, at Same Old Dolphins, the show. Uh, download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Like the video on YouTube, everybody. Hit like. Subscribe to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Turn on notifications so you get notified every time we go live. Download, rate, review. Leave us a rating on Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. We love you. Thank you. Be safe out there. Uh, make, make Keep yourself safe. Whatever you do on New Year's Eve, make sure you wear your N95 so that you're not contracting the Omicron variant or whatever. Keep yourself safe out there. Keep your family safe. Keep your kids safe. If you got kids, if you don't have kids, keep your pets safe. You know, keep the brain safe. Everybody be safe out there is all I'm saying. And we will catch you in 2022 as we recap the Dolphins and Titans. So as always, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Happy New Year.